Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? Glad to be checking in and catching up with you today. We're doing one of our More Than Mom episodes right now, which is when we pop into your feed on a seemingly random Sunday, but it's not as random (laughs) as it might seem on your end. And we just talk about what's going on with us, maybe some fluffy stuff, some fun stuff. Um, This particular time, now, first of all, the More Than Mom episodes are supposed to be my domain. Like, I'm supposed to do the planning. Uh, but I didn't even realize that's what we were doing today. So this tells you kind of where we are in the late summer situation, right? I had no idea what was going on. The wheels had fallen off all of the vehicles. But the really funny thing is the wheels had fallen off so hard that you also didn't know I was supposed to be planning this one. Then you freaked out because you didn't have a topic, but it was actually my job to have the topic. I mean, this is just how how behind we got. So (laughs) just a little behind the scenes here, guys, we usually record once a week. We try to record two episodes at once. Then we're staying on top of our schedule. And if we miss a week or something, it's usually not a problem. And we did so great this summer, Megan. Like we we not only put out all of our episodes on time, but we also gave ourselves a full two plus week recording break, which meant doing a whole bunch ahead of time. We worked with our our sound engineer and Kelsey (laughs) helped us. Like, so it's almost like we got through the hardest part of summer. And then I just like, couldn't keep it together as, as we limped across the finish line. So we are recording this on my kid's first day of school. And I went on Instagram stories. It's now yesterday, but you guys who saw it will remember. And I said to you guys on Instagram, I was like, so, Hey, (laughs) we're recording (laughs) two episodes tomorrow (laughs) and I got nothing. And seeing the responses was really fun. Um, of course we always love getting episode ideas from you guys, but the thing about this one, it was like, we need them. (laughs) We can't require much brain power or advanced planning. It's just got to be. And so um, we loved everything that came in, but I have to give a specific shout out to Kaylee who said, why don't you guys just have like a casual catch up from the summer? And I was like, 
That sounds oh, so that nice. That sounds so fun. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out maybe we don't have to come with a perfectly polished, fully tips packed episode yeah. every time. Maybe. maybe not. Maybe not. But then also Jamie had another great idea. Yeah. Very uh, apropos mm-hmm. um, to talk about procrastination because that's what we did. Yes. We procrastinated. So we're going to talk about both. Yes, we are. We're going to do like just kind of catch everybody up on how the summer's been and then um, also talk about this idea of procrastination, which I feel like is is it seems so simple on the surface. But Megan, I, I think we have it's, thoughts. We have more to say. Yeah. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right. So as I mentioned, we are recording this on my first day of non-summer. But Megan, remind everybody, like you have three weeks left, like you're still in it. Um. Yeah. Well, we've got two full weeks, like okay. two and a half weeks. So we start back right after Labor Day. Okay. Um, so it's like the end of... I guess week one and then week two and week three and then I'm back. So yeah, this is always the time of year where I look back and go like, what happened? Yeah. The summer, what 
did that really happen? Yeah. <laughs> did we have a whole summer? I, and it's pretty much over for me too. Yeah. Um, even my kids said that this one went by really fast. And I just had a, a real sense of that this year. Like actually all of 2019 has kind of gone scary mm-hmm. fast. And mm-hmm. I just is, I'm just acutely aware of that. Um, sunrise, sunset, really mm-hmm. the older they get, the faster it goes. It's just the, the way it is. Yeah. I know. I know. And you're supposed to like know all these things cause it's such a cliche, but then when it hits you for real, it's like, <laughs> right. oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Um, well I'll just kind of talk through just a couple of fun highlights. Um, one, one big highlight for me was right in the middle of the summer smack dab. I got a new niece. Um, my sister had her second baby. They live in Kansas city. We actually recorded an episode from there. So I mentioned it. Um, but I got to go out there when she was eight days old and just play auntie for, I don't know, four or five days. Um, they moved there semi recently and have a beautiful house and now two girls under two. And I don't know, there's something, I think because of doing this podcast and feeling like we have so many listeners in that phase of, you know, baby and a toddler. It's so fun to like really see it up close and see my sister and, um, baby is super healthy and doing really well. And so it was just, it was just really fun. I don't have oodles and oodles of nieces and nephews like you do, Megan. So it still seems like, oh my gosh, like this is like, this is cool. So that was you, you sent some really funny pictures from like, from the experience of jumping back into newborn and toddler yes. land at the same time, which I thought were very funny. No, it, it was reminded me of that. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's kind of the best of all worlds, right? Because I got to sleep like eight hours a night, but right. but still remember <laughs> what that was like. And um, so that was really fun. Um, another another highlight, and I will call it a highlight that I will mention just recently was last week was the last full week of summer because we started midweek this week. And um, my oldest was at sleepaway camp and my middle did an all day, like nine to four Lego camp. Mm. So it was just Violet and me. And I had the worst attitude going into this week. And we were coming off of our two weeks off, right? So I was coming back from vacation, very motivated to like get the house back in order, get ready for back to school, all of this stuff. And I looked at the calendar and realized it was just me and the six-year-old all day, every day. (laughs) And so for those, and this is nothing against her, but she's just a high energy, like she needs a lot going on and she needs a lot of social, like input feedback. So I was like, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do all week? And so Sunday night, instead of, as I had my pity party about it, I decided to make it into like camp mommy. And I planned one fun thing each day. And I made her this little book and she was thrilled. Like she really thought it was the most fun thing ever. And my only goal was like, if we have one fun thing to look forward to each day, then I, then I feel better about saying, she'll leave me alone. The rest kind of, the time. yes. I, I mean, mean, it's so genius because it made her feel amazing yeah. and excited, but it got you exactly what you wanted. Exactly. And it made me feel yeah. less guilty to say, no, you need to play independently just for this hour. And right. you know, midweek, Brian said, so are you getting a lot done? And I was like, no, I'm getting exactly the same amount done that I would have, which is really realistically, maybe two hours of my own time per day, but it's without the guilt and the stress. And we did Mm -hmm. some really fun things. We saw the Lion King. We went to the cat cafe. We went on a picnic Clara was so jealous about the cat cafe. (laughs) Oh my my goodness. Well, you guys have your own cat cafe in your house, but. I know, but there's just one cat. They want more cats. Oh yes. They want all the cats. Like nine cats in a room. Um, So anyway, that, I just count it as like kind of a a highlight because it very easily could have been a really crummy last week of summer. And I'm not, it was still hard. I mean, the, the finish line of summer is hard if you're a working mom, Mm -hmm. but it was made just that much better. And I think she had a fun time. So those were a couple, couple highlights for us. I was very impressed. It was genius of you. Good job, mama. So 
How about you? Yeah. So my whole first half of the summer was kind of, I don't know. Look, first of all, the weather here has been doing this thing. And I don't know if I'm misremembering past summers or if it really has been different, but I feel like June has just kind of been like rainy and cold the last couple of years. So the kids are out of school, but it just doesn't feel summery yet until July. Mm -hmm. So I was um, directing um, Newsies for the children's theater around here. And that was cool, but that ate up a lot of time in June that I didn't really miss because like there, I wasn't going to go to the beach really, you know, there wasn't like a lot of that kind of weather. So that worked out really, really well. And then as soon as Newsies was over, I had that concert um, where I got to perform three songs by Blondie. Oh yeah. And that was so amazing. I mean, that was such a fun experience. So I got to perform in this really cool little venue um, that does a lot of professional acts. And then I also got to perform in this big stage um, right down on the beach. Like it's, it's the pavilion, like overlooking the channel. So like big boats are going in behind me and it's like the wind is blowing my hair. Oh my gosh, and the it was picture just... <laughs> from that is amazing. So was everyone there like covering a different artist? Is that how it yeah. worked? Yeah. So it was okay. 10 female singers all representing a famous female artist. Okay. So like Bonnie Raitt, um, Hart. Um, I sang back up on Bonnie Raitt. That's why I remembered that one. And then let's see who else. It was just a whole Gloria Estefan. So it's like a really oh, diverse yeah. group. Um, Aretha Franklin. It's the concert's called Respect, so Aretha is always mm-hmm. represented, but then there's always, like, the other ones kind of swap in and out. And so I was blondie, and it was just so fun. And it almost rained out. Like, there was rain, 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 rain. It was, like, 95 degrees. It was terrible. We were all worried, like, how are we going to do this concert and not die? And then it rained really hard for, like, an hour. And then they had to delay it by about a half hour. But then when it started, it was beautiful. Oh, like, awesome. just so nice. And then we were actually all like, I had bought a bunch of those little um, battery operated misting fans, but we didn't use them because by that point it was hot. And the kids got to come see it and they were oh, excited awesome. about that. So that's it was awesome. nice. Did you have like a really good sound system? Like you're just like, oh my gosh. And it. the band yeah. was amazing. It was like an, I want to say like eight, like an eight piece band with horns and stuff. And I've never really, like, I've done a lot of musical theater. And I've done a couple concerts where I'm singing with like a guy and a guitar and maybe a drummer, but I've mm-hmm. never been backed up by a band. Like it was actually kind of terrifying. Like we had a half hour rehearsal just to work out entrances, exits and harmonies. That's it. That's wow. the only rehearsing I got with the band. And I just hadn't ever had that. Yeah. Like they're all behind me. I can't see yeah. them, you know, but also but- <laughs> isn't their job kind of like you're kind I mean, their job is to go w- with you with do, me. Yeah. Yes. But I'm just not used to that. No, I know. So it oh, was I know. like, yeah, it was hard because, and I did kind of realize like there was one part where I consistently kept jumping in ahead uh-huh. and the band leader was just like, look, just look over at me. He's like, so I looked over at him and he's just kind of subtly shaking his head. Like, not yet, not yet, not yet, <laughs> not yet. And then he kind of like nods at me and I'm like, okay, it's my turn to go. So it was just a great experience that I hadn't gotten to have. So that was really fun. And then that kind of, that ended like the Megan doing fun theatrical and performance stuff portion of the summer. And then since then we've been into like the outdoorsy doing stuff part of the summer. Uh-huh. So then right after that, my whole family went up to um, the Upper Peninsula. And by my whole family, I mean both of my brothers and my sister and most of the kids. Mm-hmm. So there were 20 of us up there, I, I think. I love it. Um, and we all camped for like five days up in the UP. And so we got to go to Munising, which is where I was born, and go to Pictured Rocks. Um, and then we hung out at this fun campground that had like amazing numbers of wild blueberries and the girls were just so there was like five little girls and five teenage boys running in packs all over the 
campground and like the boys all went and played pool in the bar because the bar was there was nobody in there during the day so they would let the kids come in and play pool and the girls like made movies and um like scripted movies and picked blueberries i love it basically the entire time it was really fun it was the trip was i mean of course i had fun with my siblings but it was really more you know i slept in a tent for most of that time wasn't wasn't like i was glamping or anything like that um and i like to sleep in tents but it's a totally different thing when you have that many people yeah to like manage and feed and you know so there was a lot of moving parts and we were doing a lot of sightseeing but i'm actually i had so much fun but in that like we're there's so much happening kind of a way that I'm going back by myself at the end of the summer. So I'm going to go back up and do like another four days just by myself. It sounds like it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful up there. And it's just, it's where I was born and yeah. it's where I lived most of my life till yeah. I was, you know, 13. And so like, I just feel much affinity for that yeah. area. Um, mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like there's a highway up there <laughs> that first of all, there is no cell service like mm-hmm. for much further than I'm used to that I, I haven't probably experienced that kind of lack of cell service anywhere except Big Sur. And when I drove, um, what's that? Is it Highway 1? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Big Sur, I want to say there was no cell service for like most of the higher elevation of that okay. trip. That's it. Like I can't compare it to anything else. So there's no, there's no phone. You can't check a map. Like you can't call anybody if someone Crazy. gets lost. And then like, all of the gas stations have old gas station pumps for okay. like, like the ones that are above the ground yeah. yeah. and the old timey pumps that like you, they don't take credit cards. You have to look and see how much gas you pumped and then go tell them oh, inside because wow. yeah. they don't have any way to know. It's just, it was just like walking, like stepping back, back in time. In time. Yeah. Amazing. In a way. That's I love cool. it. Um, well, I was going to ask, is there anything new that you did or tried this summer? And if that's putting you on the spot, I will remind you of something new that you did this summer. Oh, okay. That is because. I don't know what it was. It has to do with your hair. Oh, <laughs> I cut bangs in my hair. This is big. It is big. And I've been living with bangs. I did it right before the concert, actually. Yeah. I wanted a different look and Blondie always had bangs. And, and I've honestly had the same hair now since I've been growing it out. So it's been a long time and I just felt like it was time for a change. And so, yeah, I love them. They are goofy. I loved how you sent me that supportive text of concern when I was camping and you were like, like, I'm just... Really concerned about your bangs. <laughs> well, you did it like, yes, you did it before the concert and you had, you know, a full blowout and then you were styling your hair and wearing like bright red lipstick every day for like a few days. And then yeah. we went on vacation, you went camping and you and I, we don't have the exact same hair, but our hair has some similar qualities. We both have yes. natural wave and curl. We both have a lot of volume if we need to. And I am picturing like if I cut bangs, I have a lot of curl around my face anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm too. picturing like if they're not straightened and styled, if I'm in the woods, it would be so bad. And so I did. I was like, I need to know what the camping bangs situation is like. I sent you some photos. What I have found with my bangs is I do need to wash them every day. I don't just wet them down. I wash them and start over. And that takes all of a minute to wash them and then a minute to blow them dry. Wait, do you like stick your head in the shower? I'm confused. Um, No, I actually stick it in the sink. I just get a little shampoo in my... Sometimes if I'm like taking a bath and not washing my hair, I'll just put it under like literally under the faucet so like yeah. under the yeah. yeah um i just use a little shampoo and that's it and okay. then i blow dry the my stylist told me to blow dry them straight up until they're about 90 percent dry and then blow them down yeah, because otherwise they'll be too flat yeah and they turn out pretty well now they're a little long i need to go get them trimmed um so i'm pushing them over to the side uh-huh. but when i wake up in the morning they are curly every day yeah. and i just yeah i just deal with them until i'm ready to 
Yeah. Get well, him ready for a You can time. always do a, like a headband or like a little yeah. clip or something. But I really haven't had to. It's been fine. And okay. it hasn't been, people did give me a lot of like, oh boy, I don't know if you're going to, you know, you might regret that. And I really have not. No, they no. look super cute. You, I mean, it looks so good. We'll, we'll post a picture. Um, well, this is like not even related, but something that was new for us this summer, I didn't mention our, our big family trip was to San Francisco and just the five of us. And we did all the touristy things. And it was yeah. really the first time we've done something like that, where we're truly exploring a touristy location as a family, not going there to see anybody or anything. Um, but the new thing was that we could take Ubers as a family all around. And I mean yeah. all around because Violet still rides in a booster at home, but she's fine for an Uber ride. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is fine. And we're, there are five of us. So we would have to get the, I always say Uber and I use Lyft. So sorry, Lyft, I should be giving you credit. I call the Lyft. It's the Lyft XL. So we get the one with the third row, but it felt so cool. It just felt so free to be, free, yeah. to bop around a big city or to and from the city in the suburbs. Um, and we were staying with friends for free. So we, you know, felt like we had a little bit of cash to spend on transportation. So we didn't, we didn't bother parking. We didn't like do any of that. We just, we just took cars around, um, lifts and Ubers around the city, like, like free people. And it was, it was totally new and it felt as amazing as you think it would. If you've been having car seats and strollers and boosters for 12 years, it, it feels pretty cool. So that was, I love that. That was new for us. That's like one of those parenting milestones, right? Yeah. 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 Totally. Being able to navigate a big city. It's like the first one is navigating a big city without a stroller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then actually being able to do an Uber is pretty big. Yeah. It just gave us so much flexibility for what we could do. And and um, the staying power of the kids is also just much longer than it used to be. I would say they can they can go as long as we can. I mean, when we were tired at the end of the day, we did two city days um, of different attractions and stuff where we left the house where we were staying at like 7.30 or 8 in the morning and got home at 5. So we yeah. were tourists for that long. And the kids, you know, were they did great. So that was the just it makes me like my, my wheels are spinning of like the places I want to go and just what we could do as a family. And so if you're, if you're in the phase of little kids, it seems like a long time, but you will get there. And I'm glad we didn't try it with a three-year-old. I'm glad that six and a half feels like very, it's like, this was the right time to do this kind of a trip. So yeah. All right. So on the parenting front this summer, do you have any particular highs or lows, wins or fails, anything um, it's been pretty steady. I would say one of the things I did intend to do this summer and I have done was I wanted to get all the kids out, um, individually, well, the younger three out individually with me to do something outdoorsy. And I've done that. I've gone kayaking, um, with them. And I actually, Owen and I went to this like kind of remote Lake and it was really cute to see how cute and kind of disturbing, honestly, to see how hard of a time he had with the fact that like, <laughs> Like it was just like there was nobody around mm. and we had to kind of grab like the um the way into the lake is a little odd. Like it's like this marsh thing you almost come through. So it's kind of like off the beaten path and you can't see it from the road. And he's like, are we going to get in trouble? Like it was just this mm, idea that like he didn't really quite know how to deal with nature when it wasn't like mm-hmm. delivered to him on mm-hmm. a silver platter with instructions. Um, But it was really it was fun. And I'm glad that I got to do that. And I think I have a chance now to maybe even do a little bit more of that for the next, you know, I've still got a couple of weeks to go. Nice. So I guess that was a win. That is totally a win. Um, well, I talked about Camp Mommy, which was really me, like my final push toward <laughs> yeah, good parenting. Um, 
The struggle was the opposite of that. The beginning of the summer, um, I went in a little overconfident, I think, about how much I would be able to get done during just the lazy summer days at home. Um, We are are shifting into like full-blown tween preteen who isn't as interested in playing with the youngers. I mean, she's always been so... I mean, she really honestly likes playing with her siblings. It wasn't like, hey, do me a favor and keep them busy for an hour. Like, it just happened naturally the last couple of years. And so, of course, that that has a shelf life. Like, I knew that. But you don't really know it till you test it. And so going in, I just remember texting you, Megan, and the first day of the first full day of summer. And I said, I feel like I'm end of summer mom. And it's the only the first day. And so was a little there was more struggle to get done what I needed to get done um, with the kids home. But that was broken up by a lot of trips and fun things. So it wasn't too bad. But I'm just I'm just acknowledging that over. it was harder than previous <laughs> yes. summers. Previous summers, I've been worried about it and it actually turned out better than I thought. And this summer yeah. I went in overconfident and it was, it was harder. Um, but I think we, we had lots of parenting wins as well. Sent one to sleepaway camp for the first time. That That's was right. really great. Um, we didn't do as great about the nature though. I have to now hearing you say that I'm like, I need to wait. It, summer is hard here because we have good weather all year round. So right. that might need to be a, like a fall resolution. You don't to, have to cram it all in. Right. I we don't. The to we like don't. get it all done in like a two month period. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know, what's good to go. My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the uptown loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. 
This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, let's talk about procrastination, which is something we are so familiar with that we waited till the second half of the show (laughs) to talk about it. (laughs) I guess I guess I want to hear like how it manifests for you. Like, how do you how do you know you're that you're procrastinating at all? Or like, what does it look like in your life? So I think I'm the very sneaky kind of procrastinator. And I'm sure there are others out there like this, because a hallmark of my procrastinating is that it looks like productivity. Mm-hmm. So I know when I'm procrastinating, when I am getting all kinds of random stuff done that don't even yet need to be done. Um, and so my to-do list gets long and achievable, right? Because for me, what feels valuable is like having stuff get done. That's complete. Mm -hmm. That's, that's actionable. I like actionable things. And so the things, the things I tend to procrastinate are things that have fewer boxes to check. So it usually means it's a bigger creative project or it's a project I don't know how it's going to go. So there's a lot of unknowns or it's something where I don't know how to break it into small steps. So even start, even beginning feels overwhelming. And I think, I mean, that's pretty consistent of a lot of procrastination, but I think for me in particular, for example, a lot of people will say that they put off making doctor's appointments or getting their oil changed or, um, like those types of things, I do not procrastinate those types of things. Those are my bread and butter because when I can fill my to-do list with those types of things, I can tell myself that I'm too busy to do the big thing. Does that make uh, sense? Yeah. Yeah. So my, so that's what it looks like when I'm procrastinating. It, it usually looks like, uh, man, doing not, a whole bunch. Yeah. Of like, stuff. <laughs> a, yeah, it looks like productivity. It's just productivity that's misguided. And, um, and then I think what eventually happens is just, just overthinking or overblowing the thing that needs to get done. And, and we do this in our business all the time, like realizing, Oh, like that actually just took two hours that I could have done and not felt so bad about. So I don't know. How about you? Um, okay. So I'm, I thought about this a lot actually, because I think I would always have assumed I'm a big procrastinator and I do certain kinds of things. I do procrastinate on one, um, one would be something boring. Mm-hmm. So details, I, I do procrastinate on boring details. I, I'm the one who will put off making the doctors, you know, not because I, I don't have any phone anxiety. It's, there's, it's nothing to look up a number and call a doctor's office. I'm not afraid of it, really. I just don't really want to deal with it. It's just like a dumb detail I'd really rather not do. Yeah, it's so, not exciting. It's not, doesn't it's like not exciting. Ex- light you it up. It requires that I go find the insurance card. Like there's all these stupid little steps that are all kind of boring at the mm-hmm. same time. It's just a lot of like, all boring stuff happening at the same time. So I do tend to put those things off. Um, or if it's a project that's like too big and it doesn't have a clear beginning, like I don't exactly know how to get started. And mm-hmm. I really like to take things on that are a little over my head. Like the, I'm drawn right. to that. I'm, yeah. I'm oriented that way. But sometimes it's like I've bitten off more than I can chew plus like 10%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I have a really hard, like I just don't, I'm circling and I don't quite know how mm-hmm. to get started. Um, so those are the two times I tend to do it, but the way it manifests for me is I want to do something. I want to start a new project, something Mm. more fun, something more (laughs) sexy, I guess. Um, or I do nothing. I blow work off. I escape. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I decide it's time to watch a movie or go out (laughs) to eat or something like that. Like that would be another, and I can, I can do a lot of that. Like I can do days in a row where I just keep like not doing the things I need to do because I've suddenly found something much more fun and exciting to do. So 
that's how it looks. Now, sometimes I'm actually not procrastinating <laughs> and it just looks like I am. So right. sometimes I'm just not ready to start. Yeah. Like sometimes I really need more time to percolate on something, especially if it's big and there's a lot of brain work going on, mm -hmm. but I don't have a thing to do yet. Um, sometimes something else really is a higher priority. And sometimes I just don't like, sometimes it's just too soon to start. And I sometimes beat myself up a little bit, like calling that procrastination yes. when really what it was, was me maybe mentally or even outwardly committing to something that I wasn't ready to start yet. No, I'm so glad you said that. That was like the first bullet I think that I wrote in the outline is I that I do this too. And it really helps to just know the difference and know that this is something that I am not going to start this thing until closer to the deadline because yep. I don't need to. Nobody will be harmed in the putting off of this right. thing. And I know that it will get done. I think um, like if you think, I don't know, I think back to college because I wrote a lot of papers and I had many, many times where that deadline stress felt almost unbearable. Like it's mm -hmm. not a good feeling, but yet I somehow internally knew the difference because I never, I never let it go too far. It always got mm -hmm. done and it was always good enough. I mean, I'm not always a hundred percent my best work, but I never, it never killed me. And so I think at a certain point, there are certain things where it's helpful to be like, no, this isn't procrastinating. I'm just not going to do this until the night before. Yeah. Like giving yourself permission. And I think one thing I've noticed about myself, and maybe this is a very human thing. I'm really bad at assigning the right level of urgency. Yes, me too. To things. So in my mind, everything I have to do is equally urgent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe not equally, but like I give things that aren't urgent, the same mental capacity, the same mental urgency sometimes as stuff that really does have to get done. And it creates a lot of confusion because you're mm -hmm. like, wait, you feel bad because you can't do everything in your head all the time. Um, and you feel like you're failing when really what you're doing is delaying or, or prioritizing or just managing your time. Mm -hmm. It's just a mindset shift. Agreed. Of looking at it differently. Agreed. So, you know, Gretchen Rubin's Better Than Before. Mm -hmm. I had never read it. Um, and that's a, her book about personal habits. But I picked it up at the library last week. And it's good, right? Just, it goes fast. It's good. Like it's, yeah. 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 I, I like it because it's very practical. Yeah. And I'm already seeing a lot of things that I can kind of relate to in it. Um, and I'm really interested in, you know, the whole idea of, of habit forming and stuff like that right now. Of habit forming. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get addicted. I want to get really addicted <laughs> to personal development. Um, so but it is all about the science of habits, why we form habits, how to create better habits, how to break bad habits, yada, yada. And she and procrastination comes up and um, she makes she draws a distinction between marathoners, sprinters and procrastinators. And the distinction drawn is that marathoners plan the workload. They, they plan it out. They stretch it out appropriately. They plot along and they get it done ahead of deadline without stress. Um, sprinters purposely put things off right up to the deadline because they know that the energy behind that deadline, or they just know that waiting until the end will give them a better result. Like mm -hmm. they don't need to start on it or they're going to, they're going to have that uh, energy rush if they wait. And then procrastinators in the way she refers to them are people who put it off, but feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. So it's like they put it off, but then they feel stressed and yeah. it's not for the right reasons. And I honestly can be all three of those in the same day. Yeah. Depending I think I can on the too. project. I yeah. think I can too. Yeah. So I can be procrastinating on something non-intentionally, non-intentionally and feeling bad. I can be purposely putting something off. And then there might be something else 
where I look at it and go, I'll feel better about this project if I map out clear mm-hmm. benchmarks and I work it, when I'm working with other people, I tend to be more of a marathoner mm-hmm. because other expectations come into play sure. and I need to, you know, make it okay for other people. And when I'm working by myself, I tend to be more a sprinter or procrastinator, but it, it totally, I'm not like, I don't fit one identity. I don't, I don't think I do either. You would think I would be a marathoner, but I don't, I am often right up against a deadline and I always was. I, I think a lot, my wheels spin and I'm good at, um, creating project plans to break things down into chunks, but Mm -hmm. I am just as guilty as anybody else of coming right up against a deadline. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of a little mixed. But up isn't it funny well. how we think of that as something to be guilty for? Right. I mean, there's a lot of lines of work where you have to like right. um, for a lot of writing work that's mm-hmm. deadline driven the deadline. And I, I even had this weird thing where I'd feel somewhat guilty about coming up against a deadline when the entire premise of the deadline was that it was super quick turnaround yeah. and there's nothing I could have done <laughs> right. differently. Like right. that's just the nature of it. And right. I would feel like I was like letting my editor down because I was just getting started on something an hour before it was due or whatever. And I'm like, but that was yeah. the assignment was given to me yesterday. Yeah. Like it wasn't possible and they don't care. They just want it done. Yeah. So it's, it's funny how our minds play tricks on us about it being a bad thing to not work early and work yeah. ahead when that's not sometimes what the system is intended to do. You know what I do sometimes, which is funny is I, um, I think the reason I feel like I procrastinate is because I often can see the trajectory of what needs to be done very clearly and, and sooner than a lot of other people. I'm really good mm. at like envisioning everything that needs to be done. So then when I don't, when I don't work backwards, it feels like I could have, like I could, mm-hmm. like I knew how this was all going to play out and I still left it to the last minute. So it feels like procrastinating, but I will also do a thing where I decide it's too early to do something. And I, yeah. I <laughs> totally do this. And this is like, I don't know if it's a Enneagram one thing, it's got to be exactly the right amount of ahead of time, but like back to school is a good example. You know, when the first day of school is, you know, there's going to be sales, there's going to be uniforms you got to buy, you got to do the things. And like, I, as much as I like to be ahead and as much as I know that day is coming, I don't like to do shopping and certain things until a little bit closer. Cause it feels like too soon. I have, I don't, and the same like holiday shopping, I, you would think I would be the type of person to do it well ahead of time. And I'm not, it feels like it's too soon and I can't explain why. So maybe I like that little bit of tension or something. That's so funny because for me, it would so never occur to me to like <laughs> holiday shop really super far ahead. So that if I by accident, did I was be like so proud of myself right be like wow do you do you see what I did there but it just I don't see the um I often I I call it like or the way I describe it is there's this like nebulous cloud above my head so that's what a project looks like and I'm grasp like I'm grabbing and I can't I can't grab onto it and then finally I can grab a piece of it and like pull it down right and that's the piece I can jump in on and sometimes that is not the first step that is like the seventh step yeah and then I have to kind of reach back up into the cloud again and yeah. grab the next thing and pull it down. So it doesn't, it doesn't, unless someone else creates the plan for me, it often won't make any sense on the outside, which means things don't necessarily come together um, the way they like make, would make sense to a more, a differently organized brain. I think that's also the reason I tend to be more of a marathoner when I'm working with other people, because someone else does the work mm-hmm. of creating the plan. And then it's like a relief. Yeah. All I have to do then someone told me what to do, all I have to do is do that thing. And you, I will say, as someone who works with you on long-term projects, you are incredibly fast and efficient and responsive because you don't require, like, you don't, if I tell you this is the next benchmark, you will just do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I can tend to 
get stuck thinking, well, is this an X benchmark? Like, should I do like, <laughs> yeah. should I read, really? should I make another spreadsheet and think about right. it some more? Um, yeah. so yeah, I would agree. Like you're a really good marathon partner because you work well with those benchmarks, but maybe you're not the one to see them. I'm not usually the one to see them. Yeah. It, it, it really stresses me out trying to create structure around what I, like a big project and what I'm doing, but I love when it's there because then I can just do what I'm good at, which typically, like you said, I work really, really fast, but that's because my brain has been already like chugging along in yeah. the background for so long <laughs> on something that when you just tell me what to do, I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. And then I'm just like, like, like yeah. crazy. And I just get it done like the Tasmanian devil. And then I move on. So it's, it is just interesting. It's one thing that's super challenging about being a solo entrepreneur with either of those brain types, right? Cause yeah. you would probably mm -hmm. just I would do grind. Nothing. Well, you would just probably go in a circle. Yeah. Like you would just, you'd be like that works that one time. And then you would just kind of <laughs> continue to do that thing over and over. Um, whereas I would just like, I know, and I know, cause I did this until I hired you. Like I would be just boing, 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 like yeah. jumping, you know, way back in 2012 or whenever it was. Um, that we first started working together, yeah. I realized that like with so many moving parts and things like balls in the air, they were just smacking me in the face yeah. and they didn't make any sense. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious. Um, do you remember what kind of procrastinator you were like in high school, college? Like, do, can you see the through line or do you think it's, you've changed and matured? Um, I, I was definitely one to put off projects till the last minute. Um, but I think for the reasons I just stated, rather than like, I wouldn't fill that time with other things. It wasn't yeah. like I filled that time with um, other productive things. I just spent a lot of time staring out windows and daydreaming yeah. and then being like, oh, crap, I have a um, project due. I was better at completing big projects than I was at completing homework. I had a terrible track record with homework. It seemed insignificant. Yeah, and I, didn't, I can see that. I had a really hard time well, all teachers have a very different attitude about homework. Um, and some, it was kind of like not mandatory. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you could get away with not really doing it. And I think I, I was never very good at, at really looking at like the, um, at the syllabus and going, Oh, okay. So homework is going to make up 30%. So that means that if I miss an assignment, it's going to ding my grade this right. much. And like, right. I was terrible at that. I couldn't put all those pieces together. Right. And so one thing I was really bad at in school was being strategic about success. Like that's the best students I think are the ones, and I'm putting best in quotes here, yeah. the most, the ones who look most successful, I think often are the ones who can look at the syllabus, break it all down and figure out exactly what they have to do to deliver. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm bad at that in every walk of life. Yeah. Like I'm not strategic at all in that way. Mm -hmm. I'm strategic about other things, but not in a, in a way where I go, Oh, this is what's required. How do I work the system? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I like to create my own systems yeah. and I think the systems yeah. that exist are junk half the time. So that doesn't work in school. Yeah. <laughs> it made me not a very good student, frankly, no. but, um, I don't think I've changed a whole lot. I think I've gotten better at workarounds yeah. and knowing myself. How about you? Um, I think I felt a lot guiltier about procrastination than I do now. I, now I, like we say, it's either, I've either decided it's intentionally a sprint or it's, it's just, I don't beat myself up. I think I used yeah. to really think that I needed to be better about this. Another thing is I think in high school, things were really pretty easy uh, academically mm -hmm. for me in the school I was in. So I got I got into habits of procrastination that then didn't really serve me very well in college. Um, I think I was safe. I was really bad for procrastinating studying. 
Mm. At least with a project or a paper, like you knew you had to have some stuff on the paper the day before, like you had to start at some point, but studying felt so nebulous for finals and stuff that I was terrible about starting early or like you said, breaking it down. And I think study groups, like having other people around me who were used to a more methodical process of studying for big exams and, you know, studying with people helped. But I think I, I think I had some pretty ingrained procrastination patterns in high school in part because I got away with it and I still got really good grades by doing everything at the last minute. But then that didn't, that's not like, there's no life skills. There's no life skills in that. And then also I think I carried more guilt about it, which also then trips you up. So I think, I think in this area I have probably matured and I, I stress over it less, I guess, but. Well, you get to know yourself better. I mean, you can recognize what's really going on. Yeah. And not waste time on guilt and, and, yeah. and, and not stress when something doesn't um, require stress. Yeah. Not everything does. Uh, this is like a whole other topic and we'll save it. But I think in a marriage, there's a lot like you have to get good at like knowing your partner's procrastination style and mm-hmm. and like being almost like a asset or an ally to them rather than like a shamer. And, and Brian and I, like it it works both ways. And I think we've gotten good at being like, Hey, how can I help you do this thing that I've been waiting on you to do for three months, you know? And it goes both ways. But I think if you don't learn what, if you assume everybody's style is the same or everybody's like you, it can definitely turn into some guilt tripping, some passive aggression. Like it can be a whole thing and it could be over as simple as like, calling the car insurance company back, which is what I procrastinated this summer. Um, but yeah, you got to learn to work within that. Yeah. And yeah, like with any partnership or even with your kids, I mean, like, you know, helping being truly helpful to them if their procrastination style is different and you don't understand it. So how has that been with teenagers? Like I'm assuming they all procrastinate at some, of course. And they're all very different. Um, and and it, and the way they do it perfectly suits their personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, Will does not really seem to procrastinate, but I think if he did, it would probably be similar to the way you do. Like he's, um, plotting is not the right word, but he's methodical. He's just kind of like, I do this and then I do this and then I do this and I want to make expectations Mm -hmm. and this is the way I do that. So I don't see it with him as much because I don't think it, it doesn't manifest in a way that looks to me outwardly like procrastination. Owen will think something is dumb and he doesn't want to engage in it. Um, like he just thinks that the idea, the very assignment is dumb and that he could do it better. And so for him, procrastination looks like a lot of griping mm, and it can mm-hmm. become like him getting stalled out about honestly, like this little thing that he wants to kind of dig in his heels about and he will let it go on a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I finally, and I did have to have a conversation with one of his teachers and I said, this is just a power struggle. Mm-hmm. Like the, the only, the, what's going on here in, is that he, <laughs> thinks he's right. And so you might just have to give him, you just might have to fail him on this assignment. Like, I don't know what I've told him. If you want an A, do this. If you don't care about the A, do this other thing and you'll probably get a B or a C, but if you don't do it at all, you're going to fail. Right. So like, (laughs) but he couldn't accept that. He couldn't accept the doing it the way he wanted to do it and thought it was right to do. Wouldn't get him the A. Yeah. And I said, well, that's just, I I don't know what to tell you, son. (laughs) This is the way it works. Like, you can do it the way she's asking you get the A. You could do it your way and not get an A, or you could not do it at all and fail. Yeah. And it's, the choice is yours. Like, I, I can't, I don't know why I can't yeah. have this conversation again. <laughs> um, Clara procrastinates on stuff when she's anxious. Yeah. And it's obvious. Mm-hmm. And she's also very articulate. She'll tell me, mm-hmm. I just can't get started because 
I'm anxious, mm-hmm. which I love that she's bless so articulate. Yeah. Yes, bless her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about your kids? You know, it's pretty early. It's so cute. Allegra has, she's the most aspirational about, she loves the idea. She's probably has some Megan in her. Maybe she loves mm-hmm. the idea of a project and has big ideas. So I'm thinking of a school project or an art project she wants to do. And it's always very grand. And I have to, as the, as the realist, the pragmatist and the mother, I have to work really hard to have my first reaction, not to be like, well, I know you're never going to do that. You know, right, like I, right. I don't say that. Um, I, I do offer to kind of help her break it into chunks that are manageable and she will want, she, she sees that she needs to start early and do a little bit each day. And then it's just becomes like a a staying on task or an execution Mm -hmm. thing. I think she'll probably do okay in that those are skills that hopefully we can help her learn. And she doesn't procrastinate out of of anxiety, like you said, or, um, you know, she, she's good natured and has high ideals and aspirations, which is a good thing. She just, struggles with the, like the staying on task. Um, and I almost feel like the other two, it's a little early to tell. Um, but we know that Violet doesn't want to do anything just because we tell her. So it's gotta come, it's gotta be her idea. Um, and it's gotta be something she wants. That's just how her personality is. So we'll see. Um, and then I think academically, I know we're not just talking academics, but academically, this is going to be a real telling year for Reed. It's fourth grade. He started today and, um, very much turns to like longer term writing assignments and projects at our school, at least. And they give them a lot of resources, a lot of class time. It's not a lot of homework. They do a lot of it in class, but he's very used to just being really smart and just being able to like take the test or do the thing and it's done. And so he's never really had to do longer term projects. And I think it will be interesting. Um, I think it might be like a little bit like an Owen, like, why am I doing this? Right. (laughs) Why am I doing this? And I don't want to, and it doesn't like, I don't like the teacher's idea about it. I I could do it better. Like there's that attitude. Right. So I think some of that has to just kind of be like learned out of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think sometimes, and sometimes they're not wrong. Right. Sometimes their idea is better, but oh, well, (laughs) like, you know, yeah. yeah, he had a, he had a group project in third grade that it was, it was one of those classics where you go to school and see everyone's projects and you can tell immediately who had much parental help, who had some parental help and who like this group had no parental help. And it was like, I will have to find a picture. It was the most embarrassing thing to be (laughs) called a three, a trifold project I have ever seen. And luckily I'm not embarrassed about things like that because it's not my project and I'm not, that's not like, I just don't it doesn't care. Reflect on you. It doesn't reflect yeah. on me. And I, I really don't want it to reflect on me or I don't want anyway. Um, so this, I think, I think at some point in the next couple of years, he will realize like, okay, I don't want to have the most garbage project in the class. Cause I do right. care more than that. So what's that going to take? And what does that look like? So I think jury's out on that one. You know, it's so. funny. I was just, this just popped into my head. I was trying to think if there was, if when I was li- young, if I stressed about procrastinating or not, and I didn't stress probably to an unhealthy degree because I knew at the end I would always get it done. And I, and I always did. Um, and I think I, I think I, I recognized it as the way I do things uh-huh. until like my, maybe my sophomore or junior year, I had a paper that was assigned in a class. It was like a three page research paper. I knew I could do it in a two hours. Mm-hmm. Like I just knew this was going to be super easy. Um, the topic was kind of fluffy. I don't exactly remember what it was, but 
So we still had like a week to go. I'm not even thinking about this thing yet. The teacher's talking about it every day. And at one point during class, she just goes, okay, so every, we're going to go around and everyone's going to tell me the topic of their paper. Oh. And, and it wasn't something I could BS. Like, yeah, you just it didn't was have it. Canadian studies, mm-hmm. I think, something like that. And I, it was supposed to be like a biological figure. And or biographical figure, sorry. And we go around to me and I was like, no, I, I don't have anything. So she says, stay after class. And then I got like, she really read me the riot act about it. And then she decided to pick like she picked it for me Ooh. or she gave me like <laughs> like two choices, both of which were really lame. I think I ended up writing about the Rocky or the Royal Mounted Canadian Police. This like uh-huh. guy that was the leader. Anyways, I remember having a lot of shame around that yeah. and like feeling like I had failed and done really, really badly by not starting and then I went home with the assignment the topic that she gave me I went to the library I checked out a book and I wrote the thing in two hours Mm -hmm. so it played out exactly like I knew it would but now there was this additional layer on top of it of like feeling like I screwed up before the thing was even due and I that has honestly stuck with me and I don't know how I feel about it like was it a was it a useful thing for her to be like look this this isn't gonna fly the older you get you're gonna have to start earlier or should I have been allowed to actually see that play out yeah by fail but actually failing and not having but you kind wouldn't of, have failed right i wouldn't have not yeah. that particular one yeah. i might have failed on a, maybe a harder class but like i would have been totally fine so it was like she bailed me out i guess yeah but i would have been okay just figuring it out myself so i don't know how i feel about that it makes it, it that's the kind of thing i think about when i think about how the way i help my kids or yeah. instruct them or what i'm just going to choose to like kind of get on their backs about is are you doing them a service in the end or or not? And I don't know the answer necessarily. Okay. Well, I have a real quick story that's like almost the flip side of this. When I was a senior and I was starting to slack off in high school, I was supposed to perform a skit from or a, a scene, I think probably from Shakespeare with like two other kids in my class. And we procrastinated learning the lines. And So I, um, just didn't know them. And so I cut class, which, you know, wasn't very like me, but I would much rather have cut class. And I think after torture, not knowing lines. Oh my gosh. gosh. Right. That's so much worse than like, and so I, um, cut class. I wrote my own absent. We could excuse our own absences once we turned 18, which is really genius. I have a February birthday. And so (laughs) I was 18 for a good whole semester. And you just like, I don't know, you just called in and excused your own absences, but somebody, somebody, I think like my group members were trying to cover for me, but like, I was trying to buy us time. I honestly thought if I'm not there, we're automatically going to get a few more days and we'll get it done and we'll do well. And, um, I got my AP English teacher who I loved called me out on the dishonesty factor. He was like, you should have just asked for an extension or told us you weren't ready because there's, this is so much worse. And so that's what I remember. And you know, that one probably was a pretty good lesson because there's no shame in just saying like, I'm not ready for this. I need to either take a grade cut or I need an extension. And asking for an extension was like not a thing I would have done. So I cut class and I got Well, and a lot of teachers will not allow extensions, but that's interesting because that's not the way the real world, the real world often works. And they'll be like, you know, when you're in the real world, you can't turn stuff in late at your job or you can't ask for extensions. And I'm like, now that I'm an adult, are you kidding? People do it all the time. Yeah. Like all the time. I mean, we have to publish on a certain schedule. We can't just be willy nilly. But how many jobs have you had in your life yeah. where a due date was pretty flexible? Mm-hmm. And if you really had to ask, you you could get it. So I do feel like students often get this kind of false idea about the what the world is like and to what degree you should 
bend over, you know, not not saying like it's okay to procrastinate because people will just keep giving you more time. But like maybe it should be more okay. Yeah. To ask for more time when you really need it. Yeah. And it's it's the asking and like being honest and not and learning from it. Mm-hmm. If you put it off too long and now you have a choice to make, you either have to kind of um make yourself like humble yourself yeah. by asking for yes. more time or you have to take the the lower grade yeah. and like that is the consequence. And but that's definitely what he and he definitely was like, I'm disappointed in you, but I want you to like that was definitely what he was going for. Like he, yeah. he didn't want to yeah, let I it slide that. because he. Yeah. So that that I think that was a good one in general, if I think back. Um, but I definitely got busted. Um, <laughs> well, at this point, we are procrastinating wrapping up this episode. We are. We are. We just, we're finding things to talk about, so it seems like we're being productive. So, oh yeah. So <laughs> if we just keep talking. <laughs> um, so thank you to Kaylee and to Jamie and everybody who chimed in with episode ideas. If we didn't pick your idea, it's not because it wasn't great. In fact, I have a ton of good episode ideas for upcoming shows. It probably just wasn't something we could pull off. <laughs> yeah. At the 11th this, hour. This, this was perfect for the 11th hour. So thank All you. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.